It's the only wrestling podcast on earth that gives you the best hair advice on around. We have my favorite guy that looks like a 70s Oakland A out there. He's a two-time MLB All-Star. He's a comeback player of the year. He is the head coach. It's Dimitri Young. That's right. Next, it's my favorite Canadian. He's my best friend and yours. He's a creator of the Canadian Destroyer, the best ever transitional move that you will ever see at any <laughs> show 19 times. That's right. He's a two-time X Division champion. It's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? Guys, we have a man amongst us boys, a guy who has the mic lowered down, almost like Mr. Anderson. Oh, he, shit. That's right. He has been rocking the globe for three generations. I don't know. That's right. Maybe four decades. Four decades. <laughs> four. He is one of the forefathers of punk music. It's Lars Fredrickson. How you doing, fellas? And you know Good. what? Dimitri does look like a 70s Oakland A or an Oakland Raider. I stole that from by by the way, you said that before we hit record. I had to steal it for the intro. So you get but we never had the honor to see the see Dimitri Young play in the Kelly Green and Gold. So Ooh. Oh, it's comeback. You gotta make a comeback, Dimitri. You get you and Reggie back out there. <laughs> you say <it>, Reggie. <laughs> well, here here's a here's a cool question, Dimitri. How close did you ever come for playing for any of those West Coast teams? No, it was always the Midwest team. There was always rumors of me going to uh, uh, Minnesota or going to a Cleveland. I actually went into, to Detroit. So it was never going to the Giants or coming down here to L.A. and play for either the beloved Dodgers or the Angels, whatever name they were going by, California, Anaheim, L.A., whatever it is. I didn't. Never had a chance. Or San Diego. It was always out east. Well, just, 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 sorry, Dennis. Just your name alone, though, Demetri Young, sounds like an Oakland A. We had Sal Bando, Catfish Hunter, Vida Blue, Reggie Jackson, Demetri Young. You get what I'm saying? You see how it flows? Oh, Ricky yeah. Henson, you know what I mean? And they, and they were legends because they had that personality, too, that Oakland would allow, both Oakland A's and the Raiders, they let those guys just be who they are, wild hair and all. That's in the dugouts. Yeah. I can't believe, not even a little bit. There was no, like, you didn't even have, like, the. I asked Kendall this question once when we were doing the uh, Wrestling With Sports podcast, and I think he said that he almost went to the Giants or something, and he waived his no-trade clause, or he was going to, and then there was something that scared him off, and he didn't waive it, so... I didn't know, if, is there a team that you almost joined? How about that? Almost. Almost see, joined. Give me, see, give me one team. Come on. It would have it been the Twins back when I was with the Nationals in 08. And no, it was 09. No, it was 08. God dang, I'm old. But um, I was getting hurt right towards the end. And then it was like, eh. No, take that back. It was 07. It was 07. And I had the option to either stay and sign a two-year deal or go. And after all the debacle I got myself in 06, I felt like I found a new home in 07 with the Nationals. So I was like, man, I, give me the money. I'll stay. Well, 
Now that the sports talk's done, it's time to get into the wrestling talk, guys. We have a lot of things to go over. We decided tonight to go guestless. It was just one of those nights where we were going to sit down. We had a guest book, but we thought, you know what? We haven't got a chance to just talk to each other and just pick each other's brains about what's been going on in wrestling. So we said, hey, uh, said guest, we'll book you for another night. Tonight, we just want to be with ourselves. So, guys, it's just us tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hey, remember when uh, that just this is something that that Jordan Grace, all right, yeah, just resigned with Impact. Remember we had her on the podcast and she was talking about her, you know, contract coming up. I just want to go back because we never really follow up with a lot of things we talk about on the podcast. Uh, we do a good job of talking about the future, but never like, hey, I wonder what happened. So when we had her on, she said, "Yeah, my contract's up in May," and now. She re-signed with Impact, so that's that's a good catch on Impact right there. And, and a little behind the scenes, a little inside baseball, when she dropped that on the podcast, like, P and I, we've had our hands spanked before because we dove too deep into certain subjects from Impact Management. So when she said that, I think PD and my buttholes both kind of puckered up a little bit, like, oh my gosh, I hope we don't get in trouble for this. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of. I'm. Just, it's just like, hey, I, so I don't understand why... Uh, I just never got it. Maybe I'm come from a different, you know, era of wrestling. I don't know why people talk about their contracts like on the air. Like, hey, like it, to me, it seems like it's like a kind of, uh, hey, I know I'm not allowed to negotiate with anybody because it's against, you know, the rules. However, just putting this out there, I'm a free, you know, my contract's up in whatever, July. Like, uh, <laughs> like that. Could, that could be interpreted as a breach of contract, kind of. I don't know. That's you just... know what? Here's my question. In baseball and football and other sports, they have what they have agents. Like, not a, like a road agent with a wrestling fan, but an agent that would sit there and negotiate contracts and endorsement deals and things of that nature. Do they have that in professional wrestling? Or every person just goes in there and negotiate for themselves? No, you, you can have an agent. Like when I was like really heavy into impact, I, I had an agent. A lot of people have a, probably everybody in WWE probably has an agent. How um, much do they take? Because uh, baseball, but between, I got between 2% to like three and a half percent, but some guys are up to five, seven, depends on the services that they do outside of merely negotiating a contract. Yeah, you know, it depends. It could be anywhere from like, hey, I'll do you a solid all the way up to that higher percentage. So um, it depends. It depends. Like if he's negotiating something for you and like you didn't gain any extra money, it's like, hey, what, what am I paying you for? I could have did that myself, you know? So um, it, it all depends. I, it, it depends on the agent, the person, what you're looking for, what company, all that kind of stuff. So What's um, so it go, does it go like real? Say that again, Dennis. Wasn't Scott Demore your agent? Yeah, I went. Scott Demore got a lot of people, a lot of money back when, uh, you know, when he wasn't the head of Impact. Um, you know, I I don't want to go too deep into it, but um, he negotiated some really, really, really good contracts. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I don't know. We should have asked Scott about it when we had him on the show. But he'd probably just not answer the question anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, he had, he definitely had his thing. Like, you know, ask question A, Rolodex, Rolodex, answer questions. Yeah. 
but he did ask at the last set of tapings he was uh uh you know getting his back worked on or whatever by our our therapist guy and he was like Petey, when are you gonna have me back on your show and i'm like dude you were just on like last week i'm like you want to come back on all right let's do it um you know we joked around for a little bit about you know pretty much how he answers questions and all that kind of stuff but um he said he loved it so Cool. I had I had a I had a question for him. Should I should I just put it out there now? Yeah. For him? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can talk about the question that I want to ask him. Was I was wondering if Impact and AEW would do like well in different sports, you know, different organizations. Let's trade. Let's make trades. Mm. Oh, that'd be. I, I mean, I don't know if they would do that like legit like but storyline wise that'd be a like because you know like wwe does it with their you know yeah. roster shake up smackdown i'll trade you to smackdown to raw okay you guys are all it's all coming out of the same paycheck uh but it'd be really interesting because we are two different organizations owned by two different people and if we did a trade that'd be a really yeah. good storyline i don't know if it would legit work in real life hey Pete, i gave you some some ammo yes yeah. That's now yep. you got me thinking. You got me wondering now. Well, something sparked with me when you guys were talking about like the free agency kind of thing, you know, with with Jordan and stuff like that, and her signing the contract. And it's so funny because you can tell like who's kind of up for contract renewal. Because I I, th- I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought I heard Daniel Bryan saying that he would love to k- wrestle Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know if he's like dropping hints, like, okay, my contract is up. I want to go somewhere else, maybe. So give me my motherfucking money. (laughs) Because if you think about it, like it would probably be in in the company's best interest to keep him, right? At least like make him a a producer or something like that, you know? So I don't know. Speaking of Daniel Bryant, Pete, you have a really cool story about him and you. Do I? Yeah, the last days on the end. You know, let me just set it up from here on out. Okay. Right? If I tee you up, that was so Canadian how he said that too. Do yeah. I? All right, <laughs> from here on out, I will tee you up and lead okay. you into it, so you know where I'm going. So just pretend, just be like, okay. you know what I do, and then <laughs> and then let me tee it up. Okay. All right. Can we pray? You know, speaking of Daniel Bryant, mm-hmm. Pete, you have a great Daniel Bryant story. Yes, I do. Can you tell it? <laughs> no, um, it, his last day on the indies yeah I, i'm pretty sure it was his last match at ring of honor um we were uh i don't know i want to say like manhattan center somewhere in new york and you know we both had to go to the airport afterwards but his last match i wrestled austin aries that night it was you know he was their their world champion at the time we had uh todd sinclair as our referee and you know he's kind of a pudgier dude and every time he counted they would say Twinkies. So, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, so, but what was bad is we actually had, <laughs> we had teased a count out for the finish and we're like, oh no, I'm like, they're going to count Twinkies after every single one Twinkie two. And we're like, <laughs> and the worst part is ring of honor. They don't do a 10 count. Oh, they do man. a 20 count. So I'm like, Oh, so anyways, we had our match, but uh, Daniel Bryan had a hell of a match. It was him and Nigel McGuinness's last match on the Indies. They were both like 
leaving uh, Ring of Honor. I believe where did Ni- was Nigel going to WWE too? I think yeah. they both were. Oh, he um, he became Desmond Wolf with TNA. I want to say that he might have joined WWE first. Uh, I don't remember, and then got really. I don't remember, but yeah, Daniel Bryan. I mean, it's it's not much of a story. I just remember uh, afterwards. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're driving to the airport and, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be the last time I saw him. And I just said, Hey man, I said, good luck with everything, man. And so there you have it. My luck paid off for his big success, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, but I still kind of geek out when he tells these stories about some of these guys that we watch every week. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I wrestled him a hundred times. I, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know Brian Danielson. I have a, uh, a Daniel Bryant story as well. And, yep. and, and I went out to dinner with him and I didn't know he was a vegan. Yeah. And not only that, I didn't, I thought he was like into some like cool music. And then he told me he was into country and I just, I didn't have anything else to say at that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> Even better story than I got. Uh, I will say, I will say he was a, he was a genuinely nice person, very soft-spoken, but very cool. Yeah. Oh, he, he's a great human being. Um, you know, I, I, I've never heard any bad stories about him and stuff like that. So, and great wrestler in the ring. So, um, yeah, I I mean, so what if you don't have, you know, if you listen to country music, I hate country music, by the way, that's the one music I do not listen to. I listen to all other music, but uh, country's not up my alley. That's for well, sure. it's something like Johnny Cash or Waylon. Yeah, yeah. Johnny or, Cash. I'll, I'll listen to some old Kenny Rogers. Well, you know, stuff like that. But um, I'm just not into it. The new country just sounds like Scorpion rock ballads. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting yes. for you know a little German to come out. You know, start singing about the zoo or some shit. <laughs> what, now, Dimitri, can you name a wrestler that you met that you were really impressed with? Hmm. And see, see, I'm thinking back to um, off the field during the season in a city that's open till three in the morning. Is that what you're talking about? Or actually going to a wrestling event and being like, oh, hey, dude, how you doing? Both. (laughs) Because I was thinking, you know, adult style during the season (laughs) at at an establishment where... um, Articles of clothing are <laughs> being removed, and I I gave a uh, hundred to take care of one of those guys at a establishment that served delicious food. Yeah, I did. Yes. Wait, time out. A wrestler going to a place where women get naked? No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I was about to say, this sounds so unlike you, Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a, a person that, I would go there for the food. That's why I was I, me. I know that you went there after Bible study to get some, some food because it was late. So I don't think the Lord say turn down ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is great because this is how we talk when we don't hit record. So this is fun that the people can- <laughs> Did anybody, I want to know, did anybody watch Blood and Guts? And, uh, you know, I know everybody's been talking about AEW and, you know, everybody's kind of been bagging on WWE, but I thought Blood and Guts was a great, great show. As of this recording, I have not. I have it planned to watch it tonight. 
So I'm excited to see it. I'm not even telling people when we're recording, so I'm going to make it sound like it's still going on. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Pete, for burying that for me, my friend. You're really bad at this whole thing, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. But, uh, okay, without giving too much away, because it's been out for a few days now. Everybody's heard it, but and I've seen the results, even though I've tried hard not to. So talk me through this. What what was your favorite match? What is the match I, I need to watch? I think every single match on that card was great. It was well put together. The one thing that was hard for me was – was when they would do the cutaways, you know, to the commercials, mm -hmm. uh, picture in picture, picture in picture. Yeah, I, I'd much rather see it just edited, in, as opposed to trying to watch while you're getting force fed with a Ric Flair fucking uh, infomercial, which, which is actually better than Burger King. But still, it's like I, I'm trying to pay attention and I'm like emotionally connected there. And I understand why they do it. And I think it's, it's, it was great as a novelty for a while. But now I'm just kind of wish just cut from one thing to the next. But um, I would say that the main event was, uh, you know, pretty awesome. I mean, I think it lived up to its name in a lot of ways because I think every single person in there was bleeding um, by the end of the match. I thought the tag team matches were, uh, the tag team match was great. I thought, QT and Cody did great. And then they oh. brought out the boxer guy, you know, and um, the English cat, his name Anthony is Go -Go. Go -Go. Right. Yeah. What he did to Cody. Ooh. And how they're just kind of getting behind that. And like, you know, he's a boxer and he's got these hands, you know? So it's like, there's, you know, that's one of the things I think that what AEW is doing now is they're getting more into that believability. It's not so they're, they're, they're kind of tuning into those little things, you know? Let, let, me ask, Lars, let me ask you something. So uh, Bubba Ray just uh, uh, tweeted recently that, uh, you know, if I was impact management um, and I, I didn't see this, but maybe you could describe it for me. If I was impact management, I'd be really upset that um, somebody other than Kenny Omega is carrying around the impact championship. Right. It, so, it, it, yeah. So Kenny Omega, his tag team partner, you know, there's this whole thing, whatever. And then he comes back out to do cut a promo and homie's got, you know, one belt around his waist, two belts over his shoulders. And I, and Ken Omega's only got the AEW strap around his waist. Okay. And, and, and I kind of agree with bubble Ray. If you're going to be carrying, I mean, I kind of see why he's doing that because he's kind of like purposely, unpurposely being disrespectful to that belt. Yeah, and it's like if you see where where impact is going with the, this now, Rich Swan is not even in the picture anymore. Now they're doing a a tournament to mm -hmm. find the number one contender, which kind of bums me out a little bit because I would love to have seen the return of well, that. I see. I didn't. I w I didn't want to as much as I like Rich Swan as a person, friend of the show. We've had him on a million times. I thought going into this whole storyline, Rich Swan's stature was not big enough to carry this this rivalry i thought moose should have been the guy that should have been in that spot he's big he's strong he, he has a great physique he can talk he his presence is bigger when he, you get him in the room rich swan is kind of meek and he's uh oh what what dimitri 
I was going to say maybe this was built by design mm. to have Moose eliminated early and then have a stronger foe for Kenny Omega. Ah. So, and Petey's down there smiling, so maybe Petey knows something. <laughs> no, I mean, the only thing I'm going to say, like everybody talked about, we never really talked about that Rebellion match with Rich and Kenny. Uh, but everybody was was giving it great reviews, big fight feel and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was on headset during the match. I, I knew, you know, that they had about a half hour that they were going to wrestle or a time allotted to them and stuff. And, uh, you know, halfway through the match, um, you know, Rich got his, his bell rung pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if you could tell, um, you know, that there's certain things that I was able to tell, like just the way he was kicking out of pins and stuff like that. I knew that wasn't typical rich i knew it wasn't just a sell so um you know that that match was just hyped for so long and i really wish if uh even though it was a phenomenal match uh and that's how good rich is his bell could be rung and he could just be on on coast mode like just you know cruise control and still have a phenomenal match but just to think if he's if if he didn't get knocked a little loopy like how much even better that match would have been um, but that's the only thing I'm going to say about, uh, you know, storyline wise and stuff. I mean, you're just, you're gonna have to wait and see what happens, uh, coming up. I mean, we're pretty much only like a, a couple weeks off of rebellion, you know, we're having the tournament. So, uh, we all just have to see how it plays out. I, I wish you guys had moose signed right now because that's, I, I know as being a wrestling fan. If a wrestler is not signed to, con to a contract or his contract's coming up, the company is hesitant to put a belt on the guy. I mean, you, you've seen it. And sometimes the guy is asked to do a favor on his way out if he's not staying. Moose, I feel like, like him or hate him, he's one of those guys that stepped up during COVID and has proven himself to be a heavyweight champion. And I, I'm, I'm guessing he's destined for big things. I hope that he chooses to stay for impact. But boy, if he chooses to stay for impact, it's to me, Moose is the guy to go up against Kenny. As much as I love Josh Alexander, I think it's too soon for Josh Alexander to go up against Kenny Omega to, to make that feel believable. Yeah, I think Moose is the guy. I think you're right on that. And the more and more that I think about it and what you said, Dimitri, about just that maybe it was by design. I mean, Moose is in incredible shape. He's a great wrestler. The only thing I would change about him is his trunks, honestly, because <laughs> there's, too much, there's too much going on. You know what I mean? He's got full tattoos and then he's the trunk and the trunks. I don't know. I, I would, I, I'm, I mean, I, I know I'm sitting here giving Moose fashion advice in some weird way, so <laughs> just pass it along. But like, um, but I think that you're right though, Dennis. I think he's the guy. I mean, he's he's got the build. He's got the look. He's an incredible talent. He's one of, I love watching him. And I think it would be pretty amazing if he beat the shit out of Kenny Omega, honestly. I, I would agree. Uh, Moose, I think uh, when I wasn't with the company back during COVID and stuff, um, you know, my, my last match prior to COVID was uh, back in February of 2020. Um, it didn't air till March, but my last match was against Moose. We were building up to this big uh, TNA, actual TNA, like, uh, you know, special. And we were going to do it WrestleMania weekend and stuff. And Moose was there, you know, beating former TNA guys and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we kind of got to see that because uh, Moose ended up walking around with the, the TNA title 
for a long time and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really think at that point, like they should have pulled the trigger on Moose and made him the champion. Like he was the guy, like, like he, he looks like he would be impacts world champion. Like for sure. He looks like a star. He acts like a star. He wrestles like a star. Uh, but then again, sometimes chasing the belt, that's like, okay, like we're all talking right now. We want to see him win. When's he going to have his chance, you know? But at the same time, I look at somebody like a Seth Rollins back at ring of honor. I think when they, they pulled the trigger on him too late and nobody cared anymore when he became world champion at ring of honor. So sometimes you have to find that you don't want to do it too early. You don't want to do it too late. You want to do it just right. And that's the, that's the tough point in, in, in booking a wrestling show. And here's one thing that I see as well when, when it's when we're talking about Moose here and that main event scene. Um, the current WWE champion and the one, well, he didn't beat the Miz, but we're talking about Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley when they were both in TNA Impact. And Moose was up against those guys and had great matches and actually beat those guys. And so these guys are on top of the world at in WWE. So I think that the writing is definitely on the wall that Moose is the guy. He definitely earned his stripes and, and waited in line patiently as he honed his craft to be that main event guy. So, you know, that's what that's what that's what I'm seeing from my angle or my perspective. I think if Moose goes anywhere, Moose is not going to be that big of a star. Let's let's think about this now. He goes to AEW. He's just another big guy. They already have several big guys. Lance Art. They don't have a big black guy. No, but I mean, how many companies have, have done right by a big black guy as a champion? Uh, WWE is currently. Finally, WWE is. Finally. After 30 years? I mean, how many years has Bobby Lashley been there? Uh, he was. He had two steps. Great. Congratulations. WWE has done something right for two months with Bobby Lashley. Let's bring down the confetti and give them all the props and wash away all the bad they've done with Bobby Lashley up until then. All right. When they hit when they hit four months, call me. Okay, Dimitri? Call me then. <laughs> I'm gonna call I'm gonna call you a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm serious. Any other company, I don't think Moose has that big feel because that Impact, he has that big money, big main event feel. He goes to AEW. They already have a ton of big guys. They have all the... They have a ton of big guys that ain't doing nothing. He's going to be the big guy that does something. Do you think so, though? I'm Look, I'm not knocking AEW, and I'm not knocking WWE. I just don't think they would be able to develop Moose like Moose has been developed in Impact. I agree 100% on that for sure. But I think it's going to take a match with like a Kenny Omega or somebody like that to really put him on the map. Yeah. If we look back at uh, what was that six man that they had? I want to say it was back in January. Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the pay-per-view, maybe hard to hard to kill or something like that. Yeah. Um, where Moose actually took, I think, Alex Shelley's spot, wasn't it? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Moose was like pretty much the, the standout guy in that, that match. It was like a six man or an eight man or something like that. Um, so props to Moose. Now I never want to count anybody out. Like I, I kind of agree with you, Dennis and Lars, uh, but I kind of don't like, I look at somebody like 
a killer cross, right? But maybe he didn't have a long enough time and impact. But now, like, you know, he he's changed over to WWE and now he's NXT, you know, champ. Mm-hmm. So you, you just never know what they're going to do somewhere else. Maybe a change of scenario is what they need or uh, I don't know. But yeah, if Moose were to be with Impact and he, he's always been portrayed as a big star here. So that's... I, but that's Moose, Moose and NXT though, I think that could work. In, in the current WWE product, no way. Not in a million years. AEW, maybe not. But I think he's so rough around the end edges. And that's why I'm saying if his if his look was more rough around the edges i think that would catapult him he's i mean he he's a scary individual he's a brick shit house mm-hmm. if he was had a beard or something or something just gnarly about him besides like these like you know kind of like edge esque trunks you know what i mean like they look kind of like like a rock star can or something it's like if he would just go i, I mean Sorry about the fashion, guys, but like, if he would go a little bit more rough around the edges, I think that would. Oh man, boom! Like a Kimball Spice kind of just, I'm gonna come kick your ass. And- yeah, he needs that more of that Ron Simmons thing. You know what I mean? See, I to draw a connection. Oh, so normally, Lars, I think you and I are on the same page on a lot of things, but I disagree. I like the business suit. I like this business. Uh, moose guy that we see I like when he comes out with the flashy robes because it brings out this personality in moose that really makes him shine so much brighter if he came out just kind of playing with the beard and goes no, I'm saying that that's not playing that's classic it makes him scary it makes him real scary, scary I mean, CM Punk when he was a heel he grew out his chest hair he grew out his face hair he grew out his hair because he wanted to look like a dirty hobo that would stab you, right? That's <laughs> why he was a great heel. It was like Rick Rude mixed with like Bad News Brown. You know what I mean? So it was like, that's what I'm seeing with Moose. Moose is like that. It, the Hurt Business is doing this three-piece suit really, really good. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they took that a little bit maybe yeah. from, from him. Yeah. Okay? So unfortunately, Moose didn't have that stage to kind of say, well, this was mine first. You know, but that's what happens with every all great underground talent is they always get poached. Like, look at the Ramones or Motorhead. You know, Motorhead's not even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there wouldn't have been a fucking Metallica, a fucking Green Day, a Rancid, a fucking uh, anybody yeah. unless it was Motorhead, right? But they're not even recognized. They're the, they're the moose of TNA or Impact, right? And the Hurt Business, and and they're all all those guys are great. And love them all. And I think what they're doing is perfect. But he was kind of like the one that kind of brought that to the table originally. I'm saying, fuck that. Like, boom, massive uh, role reversal. You know what? You stole my shit. Now I'm going to go mad. I'm going to grow a beard. I'm a fucking, you know, whatever. And I'm, just, you know, I don't know. I think that would be a really good thing for him. Dimitri? Man, I'm sitting here wearing the options because I do did like those loud suits because... When I played, I used to wear the loud suit, but I also had the crazy facial hair and and the crazy hair. I'm, I'm pretty sure he can't grow a fro or anything like that based on his baldness. He probably got the George Jefferson cul-de-sac. But as far as a beard is concerned, have a nice Rick Ross beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He could do that with the loud suit. 
and uh, be a bad because I like the way that he talks. He's very slow and yes. meticulous. And when he talks like that, that's almost scary because God, the guys that yell, you kind of go, okay, but the calm guys that talk, they kind of put you in a, a mood that I want to run away from you. Very gentle. Yes, and so I'm seeing both sides, both you, Lars, and you, Dennis. What about you, Pete, since you're kind of backstage? Yeah, so I think Moose is so good that he could pull off either character that everybody's describing. I, I, I really do. I think he can – he pulls off the, the, the suit, the, hey, I'm rich, you know, former football player, like I got money, you don't, and I'm cocky, you know. The one bad thing about that is, you know, usually when you you see that kind of heel, you know, you, you almost think that he's, uh, you know, he's gonna beg off like that kind of heel, like like a a, a scared heel. Wood sex isn't the case with him. Um, although, like talking about like the the rough looking moose, like even his name Moose, that's like a rough animal right there. <laughs> Um, I could see him pulling that off too. Like I could totally picture that. And if, you know, it runs the course with this, you know, suit and I'm rich and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you were to go the other way, he'd be able to pull that off and reinvent himself. So man, I mean, Moose is that good that he could pull off either one. But that's what we're talking about. The caliber of a wrestler that he is, yeah. that he can go so far from extremes. I mean, that's, that's the guy that you want to, to be your champ, to be your your dude, because if he had, if he might not even see that he has that ability. So if if he crafts that in, in his, I mean, I don't know, I'm not there, but I just see him like having so much. It's not like he's got any much more potential, but he's got a lot of room to grow. Is what I'm saying. He can do everything, like you just said, Petey. Mm -hmm. Lars, did you notice how Petey? basically just wrote the most Canadian answer ever and didn't really agree one way or another. He was just like, you both are right. And here's well, why you both are right. Well, it's well, true though. Like, well, I, I could see I'm picking on you. Pete. You either, I, but I mean, I'm telling you, like, I think Moose could pull it off. Like I never, I always think of Moose's character as what it's currently at. And I'm like, he does a really good job at that. Um, but then when, you, you described like Lars, I, I am thinking like Kimbo slice, you know, like, right. and like, you know, chest hair and this and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just going to beat your ass and I look scary and stuff. And, you know, even with the stocking on his head, like Kimbo would wear, like I could see that with Moose. Um, and that'd be great. I mean, well, you uh, know, Dennis, they say 50s, the new 40, maybe Canada's the new Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, real quick. I do want to give some props to a couple new subscribers to our YouTube channel. Uh, Christopher Baker, thank you so much. Uh, I know Terrence uh, WK has been commenting on a lot of stuff. Bell's Boy, thank you for subscribing. Lance Callis, thank you so much for subscribing. Will Powerbomb, uh, there's a couple other ones. And I got an email a few months ago before we jump back in that I've. A few months ago. You waited till now? Yeah, we've been busy. Yeah, I, we never have time to talk about this I, stuff. I, I know. And I, I feel horrible because. Uh, the guy's name is Christopher Lawrence, or Chris Lawrence, and he is a massive Dimitri Young fan. Mm. Oh, so you waited three months to uh, do all this? Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, continue. We found the one Dimitri Young fan out there, and... Uh, Does that relate it to me? 
Yeah, that's right. But I, there's a few highlights I just want to touch on. Uh, Dimitri, thank you so much for being so nice and signing all my stuff as a kid. My dad would take uh, take all of us guys to the family down to Sarasota, Florida for spring training when you were down there uh, with the Reds. Uh, you were so nice. I remember as a kid being so mad that uh, you were traded to the Tigers, but I moved on. We appreciate it, Lars. Lars, I'm a huge punk fan. I love your music. Your music got me through a lot of tough times. Uh, I love everything you've done with Rancid. Thank you so much. I, I, I I'm kind of skimming through. I appreciate that you are doing a wrestling podcast. PD X Division. Thank you so much. Your Steiner gimmick was funny. Uh, he said some things about DMAC, and then he's like, "And Dennis, you do good too." So, <laughs> but. I did promise a few months ago that I would read his email and uh, he just, he always sends us emails talking about how awesome the podcast is and how much he appreciates Dimitri Ars talk in wrestling and how he loves it. So yeah. All right. Back to let's talk about topics. Uh, can, can we do a little, before we wrap this podcast up, we haven't done kind of a state of the union. Now we're starting to get fans here and there. WrestleMania had the fans. We talked a little bit about that. AEW says double double or nothing will be at full capacity. With with the reintroduction of fans, how does this change the landscape of the rankings? If you were to rank right now without fans, you know, one, two, and three company-wise, and then with the fans, would it still be the same rankings? Does oh. that question make sense? Because I think without fans... Right now, AEW is doing the best work out there out of everybody, even with a limited number of fans. You have to put them at one because they constantly have fans in in in, in their stadiums, whether it's full or not. Uh, yeah, they sing Judas every time Chris Jericho comes out. Yeah. Two, I would still put WWE two, at least right now for what they're doing. I Lars, you disagree. I think Impact would be three, and then Ring of Honor, MLW, and all them would be packed together in that spot. That, that's my rankings. Now, Lars, what about you? Well, I think AEW, just because, like you said, they've had that kind of, even though it might be some of the wrestlers and some of the talent there, but it's still it's creating some sort of an atmosphere, something to play off of. Um, and then I would definitely go Impact. And then I would say, like, I think I think the problem that I have with the WWE television is that I don't feel like um, I feel like it's kind of even though it has a lot more production to it, it feels a little bit more stale to me um, because it's kind of the same thing. And they're doing it. I don't know. So I, I would probably put them at three. And that's the only reason why, because I just feel like I'm not really there. I feel like there's a there's a disconnect. Um, and you know, of course, Ring of Honor, I think does a great show, but I would say NXT, um, is, I think does a better show than, than most, you know? So I think their show is kind of up there. I mean, I think for me, my, my two favorite ones that I've been watching as of recent and over the last six months, I'd probably say impact and NXT. And I, and I came into this podcast saying NXT was my favorite, you know? Dimitri? I'm, I got to go with uh, AEW one impact with a cl very close second. Cause I, cause it's more than just the wrestling. You, 
Like I text y'all before, Swingers Palace. That cracks me up every week. <laughs> that Johnny Swinger, he cracks me up. And just the storylines that go in there, they're just so basic and elementary, but so freaking funny. And then, you, I mean, you have the, the little interviews that go on and stuff with Impact. So it's to me, it's very entertaining. NXT is a close number three because they have the stuff that's going on on the outside with the, some of the fans and stuff. And just the over, overall stuff that goes on at NXT is just incredible. And then I'm going to go off. I'm going off the beaten path. I love MLW. You know, and um, Leo Rush versus Myron Reed, one and two. Ooh-wee. I mean, that was that's some great wrestling right there. And and I get, um, uh, what was that, Hollywood Wrestling from California? Uh, California, yeah, that one. That comes on at one in the morning. Hollywood. Yes, and I, and I watch that at one in the morning, and then Ring of Honor comes on at four. I think with Ring of Honor, it just needs something around it. It's just That's like the most basic of basics. And with all the talent that they have, it's kind of hard to watch because you just hear ring mat and the commentating and you kind of want to hear some sort of interaction with some fans or somebody there. So now that we're getting the um, fans back, now we got to find out who likes who for real. I, I think Ring of Honor suffered without the fans out of all, probably all the productions because that's what made Ring of Honor so phenomenal was the fans. It, it, they, they brought everybody up to another level they pack so many fans into a, a small venue it made it feel bigger and you don't have that right now and i think ring, ring of honor has been struggling but pete before i ask you your question is johnny swinger the same person on camera as he is off because he's that guy that <laughs> makes me feel like that's him when the cameras are off oh man you're putting me on the spot i sorry man you could say yeah. your comment. I, I, I hope man, he's not so actually so He's not self-soaking. Screw is it. He? I'll I'll say it. No, he's totally normal. Like he could come on this podcast. I'll I'll get him on and do it. Uh, out of character. Do you want him in character or out of character? In character. In character. I don't know if you'll want to do that. That'll probably seem like work for him. But like, no, he's. <laughs> you guys, you, you've seen Johnny Swinger in ECW days, his old Impact days. You know all that kind of stuff. Like that. That's that's how he is. Like you know he. You know, he's older now, but back, you know, in his younger days, really good shape stuff, really good wrestler. And, you know, he's still in great shape for his age and everything. It just now he understands like, hey, man, I can't keep up with you young guys. So I need a gimmick. And like he's just plays like a a typical 80s, like Fanny territory type wrestling dude. You know, like he just the cliche of 80s wrestling is Johnny Swinger. That's all he's doing. Um, yeah. And I mean, I love, I mean, obviously I, I was on Swinger's Palace and I like filming it and I'll be on Swinger's Palace again. And, uh, you know, he has, he has great one-liners and just the building of it. And the, the reason why Swinger's Palace is so successful is it has a purpose. It's not like, Hey, you know, we're, we're just here telling jokes. It's like, that's our, um, you know, backstage, like how we set up matches and stuff. We're, it's swingers palace it's, it's supposed to be like vegas with odds and we're betting and stuff and all that kind of stuff so it it has a purpose of setting up matches and stuff we just add comedy in there and it's that's genius instead of like grabbing a mic and be like hey i'm here with uh so-and-so you know uh, you got a match coming up 
Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. We still have, you know, Ming Jia doing that. Um, but, you know, like she's our on, you know, broadcast journalist. But then we need something else that's different, something that everybody can enjoy. And well, it's, 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 her spouse. it's a statement to how good he is, though, to I feel like that whole character was like having fun with the boys, but somehow translates to be an entertainment to the to the to the fan see it's the best character because think about it we can all sit here you know especially like being in the you know wrestling business or whatever i could sit here and i could feed stuff this swinger i'm like hey you ever think about this because everybody we've all seen that honky tonk man or who whoever from back in the day and so like it's an endless stream of just us feeding stuff to swinger like he probably has so much content there you go there you go honky tonk man he has so much content that he go through because he's like oh yeah i mean it i i kind of wish i was that character <laughs> like not that i'm envious but i'm like man that's it's so easy and then it translates to his in-ring work too like wait till you see one of his upcoming matches i think it's him and hernandez versus uh triple xl uh, I don't know if it's going to be on impact or before the impact, but it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Watch it. I loved it. Okay. I will. That's a will do. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to discuss before we wrap this podcast up since it's just us hanging out? Huh. I mean, you didn't even ask me my question. I totally yeah, beat yeah, 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 it. Yeah. Yeah. Rate his, his, his rate it. Yeah. Yeah. Rate it. Pete. Um, well, you know, uh, I, I'll have to put impact as one just because, you know, I work there. Um, so very smart on my behalf. Uh, then, then I would probably, you know, he's got some contract negotiations. That's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, By the way, guys, my contract is up in, uh, no, with, with impact though, um, you know, what, what really sucks about that is we were the last to like do something outside of the empty arena, like WWE. Well, I think AEW was the first that added like the wrestlers. Right. And they were the ones cheering. And then, you know, they had more fans and then WWE added the, the Thunderdome and had the piped in crowd noise. And then impact was last. Like we, we had nothing until January when we start piping in crowd noise for our, for our pay-per-view. Um, so it's just like, what can you do that's unique besides actually having fans in there? And I, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, even though it sucks, like WWE already had fans at WrestleMania. AEW's having fans and they're doing that double or nothing. Impact still hasn't announced like, hey, when we're going to have fans again. So that kind of sucks too. I mean, I've wrestled in front of no people. It, it's tough. It sucks. The only good thing is, is uh, you know, when you go to commercial break, there's nobody there to still wrestle for. So you can be like, all right, I'm actually taking a break right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's my ranking. But you'd you'd never know it though, PD, with that show though, that there wasn't any fans, you know? And that's one of the things that why I think it's, it's, it's capturing a lot of people's attention, you know? And I think, you know, a lot of spotlights, of course, with the, the uh the four was it well, never mind i'm not even gonna make that joke well one, one thing i i did want to touch on that my my point of this fan thing was uh uh the kenny omega and rich swan match that that was uh that was only supposed to be kenny and rich out there i think don was supposed to be in the corner that's it and then you know but it is tough You're, you have to wrestle for that long and you have to have the match of your life 
and you're going to do it in front of no fans. And, you know, I'm not going to say whose idea it was and all that kind of stuff. But then as you saw how it, the finished product was the good brothers came out with, you know, Kenny, and then you had Willie and uh, 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 Eddie come out with, with rich kind of like that, that Japanese feel so that you can actually have more sound. It makes it, when I did my singles match, it was my first singles match that I did uh, coming up soon. What's that? We haven't even talked about this. Yeah. What? Your singles back without a crowd. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sucks. Anyways. Um, but no, I, I, it does, man. I love the fans. I mean, uh, well, try try being rancid in front of no fans and playing a not going to happen. Well, you know, you're doing it for the TV, but Dimitri played in front of no fans in Detroit. <laughs> hey, hey, and spring training too on the minor league side. There's nobody except except the um the guys who had a hot girlfriend that they fly out for three weeks and then she's coming there like hot meat because you got nothing but guys on four fields like. Who is that? <laughs> and then you got one mad dude like, why did you wear that? Why did you, why did you have her come down where you have 200 guys and there's no females? Well, I think, you know, it's it's like, it's it, I, you know, when I think about times on tour, I just remember that part in Raging Bull, you know what I mean? <laughs> where it's just like he, he's not having sex and he's just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> You want to know what it's like to be on tour when you when you're married or you have a girlfriend? Well, that's exactly it. You know what I mean? So, um, hang on, Pete. Let me ask you this: uh, I I didn't see your match. I don't know if it's aired or not. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. Okay. Not my singles match. I my my singles match will air uh, in like two weeks, and it's my first singles match in like fourteen or fifteen months. All right. Okay. So my question to you is you were critical about wrestlers that come out and still do their signatures to the crowd when there's no crowd. Not, no, I wasn't critical in the past. You have been no, no, no. Still do your pose for the camera and stuff. What I don't like is you're like, when you're like this, like, <laughs> like there's, there's nobody there. Like, you know, like it's, you got to hit your pose. Cause like, you know, you're still that person. But you're not like pointing to like, yeah, yeah, so I like you. That? Yeah, oh, yeah, I see you. Like, like, oh, no, that's, like so that, that's that's fun at the beginning. But like, you know, remember when like Stone Cold first did it? He was like, give me a hell yeah. And they cut to the they cut to the crowd and there was nobody there. Mm. Okay, <laughs> those jokes get old really quick. Now, okay, let's let's get back on track. Right. So did you do it? No, I didn't do that. All right, I just asked. Uh, no, I, I do my pose like I normally do and stuff and. Um, do you look you, out in the crowd like you're waiting for someone to wave back to you? Come on. No. I mean, it, no. <laughs> like, it is the weirdest thing, though. Like, you just can't, you can't gauge, like, you just can't gauge anything. It's like, it's almost like you're just doing it off of muscle memory and, like, mm -hmm. not going through the motions, but, like, yeah, you know, normally I would do this, that. Like, it's just... It's so weird. It's I can't even describe it. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, it would seem pretty weird. That, see, like I have a pet peeve. It's like when when you're doing a sound check, and then you got that one dude that like claps afterwards. Shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, thanks. <laughs> you know, you gotta work out your shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and you kind of want privacy for that, right? Yeah. And it's 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 it would be so unique to be up there playing and there's no energy back, right? Like then that and for a wrestler, it's got and I'm sure for you too, D, like as a ball player, it's like you're feeding off whether they're booing you or yeah. they're you know? Yeah, it's all about the energy. When are you going back on tour, Lars? I'm we're supposed to be going back out in August. Are you scared? No. I you know, I mean the thing about it is 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 I've, there's a couple points of view that I have about it. Um I think that um what you know, I mean if you look at the CDC guidelines now, mm-hmm. I mean and nearly 50% of this city is vaccinated here in San Francisco. I don't, I don't really walk around with a mask on barely if I'm outside. Mm-hmm. It's just because the CDC says you don't have to do that. The only time that you're supposed to do that now, according to their guidelines, is if you're in a small gathering inside. I think that the science is showing that you're not getting it outside. You're getting it inside when you're gathering Mm -hmm. or if you're gathering too close outside. I, you know, I'm not, you know, an expert on this. I, I, I do get my news from reliable sources though. I don't go to major news networks. I actually, you know, have I try to use my brain as opposed to being force fed things, but that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, um, coming close to Detroit, I think we are. I think really, we are. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're gonna see you guys. I mean, you know, and of course, you know, you guys are welcome. I'll take care of you. The one thing that I do know is that backstages are no, you're, you can't have anybody in the backstage. What, yeah, we're, what we're gonna have to have is like a corral. So like there'll be a place for people to go with you the know who I am. What's that? I don't do crowds. Do you know who I am? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That's why you won't be in the corral, Dennis. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna send you the ticket. Way to fuck that up, Dennis. <laughs> Good at that. No, but um, you know, I, I'm not that scared because I just I I don't really buy into that whole fear thing. You know, I feel like if you're smart. Um, you know, you can kind of figure it out. I'm not saying don't be safe or don't be respectful of others. Absolutely not. If you are going into a place where you think that you could be bringing something, protect yourself. Yeah. It's just nice to do for other people, you know, cause not everybody's going to think like you or, or anything like that. It's like, I have my opinions, but I'm not going to go force them on, you know, well, I don't wear a mask because, you know, or I wear a mask and you should wear a mask and shame on you. That's all bullshit. That's what keeps the division between yeah. human human beings because we're all just having a human experience, right? Absolutely. So, but I mean, I, I want to get out there and play because, and I'm sure like you want to wrestle in front of fans and, and, you know, everybody wants to get back to some semblance of normal, some something like that, but. No, I'm not not afraid at all. Well, Plus, I take care of my body. You know what I mean? It's like there's you have a thing called an immune system. And yes, immune systems can be vulnerable to viruses. Yes, I understand that. But if you do things like maybe eat right, you know what I mean? Get enough sleep, take care of yourself and protect yourself. You're normally okay. I haven't had a flu shot in four years. And guess what? I haven't had the flu in four years. Awesome. All right. You, although we did get a tweet and maybe one podcast, we need to try this. They want us to interview PD Williams one day. Yes. 
We've done that many times. Not with me. Not with the me. Yeah. Yeah, we've I've interviewed you. No, hmm. they've not interviewed you. You came right on the podcast and was a co-host. Okay. Questions like, why the fuck didn't you beat Amazing Red's ass when he stole your move? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to come up with a three-minute DMAT question for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which starts uh, at point A and ends at point C, stumbles into it. <laughs> guys, you know, you can ask me anything. Like, Petey, you can ask me something as basic as, like, what's your favorite color? And you know, I'm going to give like a 45 second to a minute answer. It's just that that's my media training. You know, like, I'm, it's you, Scott will give you a four minute answer of why his favorite color is red. Yeah. But, but he actually won't, he won't you, answer it though. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, Petey. Well, Petey, let me tell you uh, <laughs> here. That's my Scott uh, impression. Anyways, all right, listen, we're going to end the show. It's been fun. Uh, we'll get back to the guest, and maybe we'll do more of these. I kind of like this, just us. Yeah. I miss this, guys. Wow. And dig it. All right, guys, Wrestling Perspective. L- look for Lars on tour coming up soon. Look for Let's Jack. hope. Let's hope. What? Who do you ever beat? Hmm. Anyways, that's on our collar and elbow brand store promo code WPP. Yes. <laughs> How about five across your lips? <laughs> Are you gonna be drinking some sham pipple tonight? <laughs> I'm having that now. <laughs> oh gross. All right. Listen, All right. wrestling perspective. Thanks so much for watching. Have a good night, guys. See ya.